So true story. When I first took my then side hustle full-time, I had these grandiose dreams of watching my son, having him sleep by my side while I typed away in total bliss. I mean, why would I need childcare? I thought I can juggle motherhood and self-employment. Boy, was I wrong. One day, I was up against a few deadlines and was already sleep-deprived because, you know, I have a kid. He was teething and, all right, let's just say he was not handling it well. At the end of the day, when my husband came home, it was total chaos. I'm talking the entire apartment was trash. And I mean, who knew toddlers can wreak such havoc? I'm on the couch with tears in my face. And all I can remember my husband saying to me was, why don't you take the car and go do something by yourself? I drove my butt down to the nearest McDonald's, bought a meal, and sat in the corner of the play area. And (laughs) I definitely learned my lesson about the idea of having it all. It's not like I'm abandoning my business, but I definitely have really struggled with that balance between just knowing that I need to take a step back to make this work and to be realistic and be able to take care of my son and also not let down my clients or have my business kind of fall through. But I also know like I never planned on being a stay-at-home mom. I never wanted to give up my business. And so I just worry about taking a step back and staying less intense with my business. But I also know that it's, it's not forever and it is probably what is the best thing for us right now. That's Maggie. She's going through many of the same struggles ambitious self-employed folk have. As in, how do you juggle the needs of motherhood with where you want to strive in your career? Do you have to constantly hustle to grow a business or does slowing down really throw things off the track? What about being present with the baby or navigating boundaries with your partner? Look, these are tough questions and neither I nor Maggie have all the answers, but I can say that Maggie was open enough to share the uncertainty of motherhood and, well, you're not alone if you're asking similar questions. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar with me, Sarah Lee Kane, a show where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Maggie Germano, a financial coach and host of the Money Circle podcast, comes on to talk about the perceived conflict that is motherhood and ambition. She shares how she's embraced the uncertainty as it comes to her income and business goals, emotions she's facing, and what she's not willing to give up as a mother. All right, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. Walk me through some of the logistics of how you're planning on returning from maternity leave and managing that uncertainty. Like, how were you trying to brace yourself for for the new adventure that is motherhood? That's a good question. Like I said, you don't really know what it's like till you're actually in it. I assumed that once I was recovered physically, that I could just jump back in and the baby would be napping and I could just work while he's napping, but he only really sleeps if he's in my arms half the time. So that's makes it a little bit harder. It's had to be more of a like, what is this actually going to look like now that we're in it? Because it seemed easier to plan for before it actually happened. And obviously we don't have child care actually set up right now. For me, I'm trying to be really strategic and efficient and basically in what I am trying to do with my business at a given time. So for example, while I was on maternity leave, my podcast was still going. I had pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. I had set up my newsletter and everything to go out every two weeks while I was gone. And before that, it was weekly. And 
I've decided at least for now to keep things going every other week instead of going back to weekly because just having that little bit of a gap in between podcast episodes or newsletters, it just makes it so that there's that much less work to actually do on a given day. And so keeping it spread out like that, I think is a good approach for me for now. And maybe it'll continue to be working and I'll just prefer to do it that way. But that's one approach. Another approach is with my one-on-one coaching, I normally offer an ongoing partnership. So we do like four-month packages with coaching, or you can do a one-time 90-minute session. And right now, I'm just offering the one-time 90-minute sessions because like I said, since the work time and everything is kind of limited and unpredictable at the moment, I don't want to take on more ongoing clients and then feel like I have to keep rescheduling or moving things around all the time and not able to actually help them more consistently and as well as I normally would. So at least with the one-time sessions, I have this 90-minute chunk of time where I know that my husband's going to take over with the childcare during that time, and I can really be focused on the client. And so that's the way I'm approaching it for now. Again, who knows, maybe I'll really just love offering the one-time sessions instead of the long-term coaching, but that's at least made me feel like I'll be able to help people a little bit better, but also take some of that stress off of myself too. And do you feel that your approach to, I guess, all the ambitions and goals you have in your business different now that you've had to really figure things out as you go along? Yeah. And honestly, that's where some of my struggle and conflict is coming up right now, where I very clearly feel like I need to continue to take a step back a little bit. Like I'm not officially on maternity leave anymore, but I definitely am not able to take on as much as I would have before. And I think that that it's okay. And it's more realistic for me to have to do that. And I know that it's not forever either. And, you know, once we're planning on relocating to be closer to my family, which is when we would have more of that support. And so that's hopefully going to happen in the next couple of months. And so this is not going to happen forever. It's not like I'm abandoning my business, but I definitely have really struggled with that balance between just knowing that I need to take a step back to make this work and to be realistic and be able to take care of my son and also not let down my clients or have my business kind of fall through. But I also know like I never planned on being a stay-at-home mom. I never wanted to give up my business. And so I just worry about taking a step back and staying less intense with my business. But I also know that it's, it's not forever and it is probably what is the best thing for us right now. What would you say specifically worries about you stepping back? What would be like an unfounded fear that you would have as a result of you doing that? So kind of like what I was saying about the hustle idea and like the pressure. I think it's a perception of external pressure, I think, for me, where it's like I worry that by stepping back from my business or not being as present in my business that other people are going to be like, oh, wow, you know, she really seemed like she cared about being a business owner. You know, she's a feminist and financial coach for women. She tells women how to support themselves, but she's stepping back and like her husband's supporting her and her family. And so I think a lot of it is like what might other people perceive me as based on the things that I care about and what my values are and the work that I do and how that kind of conflicts with this sort of season in my life. 
Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. I think the, I guess you can say comparison or that anxiety of what will other people think can really drive business owners. I mean, count me in that camp as well. So along that lines, like what has surprised you the most about maybe your relationship with ambition and even your career? I think it would be like, I miss the work, but I'm not like dying to get back into it. I'm basically, I'm not willing to like figure out a temporary daycare solution or a temporary nanny solution or whatever it might look like before we have care from my family and support from my family. You know, if I was like chomping at the bit to get back to work full time and really just throw myself back into it the way that I used to, then I would probably figure out a temporary childcare solution. And I, I don't feel that which is a little surprising. Like I thought I would be super bored at this point with sitting on the couch most of the day with the baby and like obviously going out for walks and doing things like that as we can. And obviously like COVID kind of limits where we're able to go and different things we're able to do, people were able to see. I feel like it would be very different if COVID was not happening. I would not be in the house as much, but I definitely thought I would be like, It doesn't matter. Like within three months, I'm getting back to work full time. But I'm definitely feeling a little bit more like, okay, if I can ease back into it, that's fine. And that's probably going to be easier because he takes so much time and attention still. Right. And, you know, listeners out there who have older children, it doesn't get easier, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) You could just maybe pre-COVID send them to school and at least have a few hours to yourself. Right, right, right. No, yeah, definitely true. I want to pivot a little bit, I guess, in terms of setting boundaries and maybe even discussions with your husband as it relates to both your careers and and both your ambitions. And now, obviously, with this baby in the picture, I know, like, from conversations with a lot of moms, I would say their biggest challenge or even pain point is communicating boundaries in terms of what you may need physically, what you may need emotionally, and even blocking off time for work. So it sounds like you and your husband have it fairly set in terms of figuring out work schedules. But what about other boundaries? Like how have you communicated those? And were there any kind of surprises or challenges based from that? Yeah, it's it's funny because I again, was like, I need to make sure that I'm getting enough self-care. I need to make sure that obviously getting plenty of time to physically recover from the birth and all of that. But then once it was actually reality, my husband really had to kind of force me to go take time to myself, especially once he was back to work. And he's back to work mostly full time, but he's doing, like I said, half days here and there to extend his paternity leave. And on those half days, he'll get done with his work in the afternoon and come out and say, okay, now go do something for yourself or, you know, what are you going to do with your afternoon? And I'm just like, oh, okay, I was just going to like clean or organize or something. And he's like, no, go do something that actually will feel good or make you feel like you actually got time to yourself. And I did not think I was actually going to need to be forced to do that. And it's just funny how easily you can kind of fall into like, oh, well, like I haven't been able to actually be productive around the house at all because I've been with the baby. And so now that he's with the baby, I can go do all of these things, but those are not actually self-care. And so going and like getting a massage or even just going for a drive by myself and maybe getting like a tea and listening to podcasts in the car and just being alone. Again, COVID 
put some limits on what we can do right now. But that was surprising to me where it was like, I I need to actually focus on taking time for myself that isn't in kind of service to the households still, like whether it's cleaning or cooking or, or doing something else like that. And just making sure we're actually splitting some of those duties because it's easy, even if you're really conscious of gender roles and being more equitable in the household, it's so easy to fall into those stereotypical roles of like he's in his office working during the day. And so I'm with the baby and then I'm like cleaning up the house after <laughs> afterwards and he always cooks dinner, but then it's so easy to fall into that. So I have to remind myself like that's not what it needs to be like and we need to be splitting those duties more. I am curious about your relationship to earning money. So again, going back to that stereotypical definition of ambition, many people, I don't want to generalize, but many people equate ambition with earning more money. And I think that's where it drives that whole hustle culture. And so for you, it sounds like, well, you are very clear in the fact that you do enjoy work and you do want to have a great career, but you don't want to sacrifice your health and your you know, mental, physical, and, and even your relationships based on that. So yeah, what would you say your relationship to earning money is in terms of before you gave birth and now that you're a mom? Honestly, that's been another thing that I've always struggled with since becoming a business owner. Because like I said, my husband's job is definitely the higher earning job, even before having the baby and being really full time with the business. It can be tough to be consistently making money and especially with COVID kind of coming in and wreaking havoc on the world, but also in on small business. It's been a struggle for me. And, and that's something I've worked on with business coaches in the past too, where it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be about the number especially if it's a mission-driven business and the impact is really why you're in it. But of course, you want to still make sure you're making money because it is a business. Otherwise, it would just be volunteer or something like that. So figuring out the balance between the income and the impact and making sure that I'm doing work I actually enjoy instead of, okay, this work actually pays versus this work is something that I feel good about and that I'm good at. And again, a lot of people do not have that luxury to even necessarily think about that. A lot of people, it has to be about the money. And you know, I'm lucky to be in this partnership where there is more income coming in separately from my business. Now that I'm a mother and have a little bit or a lot of it, a lot less time at this point, what I need to do is be figuring out how to streamline my business in a way where I am focusing on the stuff that I like, but also that brings in money so that it isn't that I'm spending my time on things that are maybe fun, but don't kind of further the business at all in terms of an income stream. So I need to be really thoughtful and strategic. And that's been something that's been on my mind of kind of not necessarily pivoting the business, but being really specific on what are the things I'm actually going to be focusing on so that I can be as efficient as possible in the money earning side of things. Right. And I know you mentioned like you're just dipping your toes back into work, but are there any specific things that you're curious to, I guess, experiment with in terms of being more efficient with your money making efforts? Yeah. So something that's been top of mind for me is writing. So I do a lot of writing for my business anyway. I have a blog on my website. I have a column at Forbes. I've just always done a lot of that in terms of financial literacy. But for the most part, none of that has ever been paid. And so I've been thinking a lot about how can I still be writing, but also be focusing on writing for platforms that actually 
pay for this kind of education and this kind of material. And so that's been top of mind of transitioning that to be less about on my personal blog and be more about pitching to other platforms that would pay, as well as really focusing and strengthening the public speaking and workshop side of my business. And that's always been part of the business that I've really loved the most too, being able to speak to larger groups of people, being able to reach more people at once and showing people that like the other people around them have the same kinds of questions that they do. So they feel less alone. I love asking this question because I just get so many different answers is I think a lot of moms talk about the word efficiency or being more efficient. I'm wondering for you, do you feel like that would have been a focus in your career or your business if it wasn't for your child? Yeah, that is a good question. So I think it was something that always kind of popped into my mind where I was like, I would think about how I wanted to be more efficient because a lot of things would kind of take me longer because I just had a little bit more time because it was just me working for myself. But now that time definitely is more limited. And even when I do have childcare, I'm obviously going to want to be spending time with my son and wanting to be deliberate with my time. I think just doing things more quickly that maybe I would normally kind of spread out over time, whether it's writing an article or recording a podcast or editing a podcast. I, yeah, I think for me, that efficiency piece, it's going to be less about like, oh, I should be more efficient and more about, no, I need to be or else like this work's not going to get done. It's almost like, a, I don't want to say survival tactic, but it's like a practical thing now where like, if you don't get this done today, it just won't get done. Or if I have a deadline today and I don't get it done today, then <laughs> like I'm going to have to tell someone or be held a bit more accountable, I guess, versus maybe before? Yeah, where it was like, I was just accountable to myself for my business, because most of the work that I was doing was just for me and obviously for my clients as well. But when I was writing just for my blog, or even on Forbes, where I can decide when I'm writing, there was nobody else kind of waiting for me. And so if I'm thinking more about writing for other platforms or doing more speaking, there will be other people waiting for me. And that's in business and then also at home <laughs> with the baby. And I've definitely heard that from other moms. They're like, oh, you'll learn. You'll learn how to be efficient. Like you'll be much quicker about getting your actual work done because you just have to be. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about your money management with your husband. I know you mentioned your husband is the, the breadwinner. He's the one who makes more money. And so you use his income more for the day-to-day -day stuff and your income was really more for investments and other things. And so when you went on maternity leave and now that you know, you've experienced a little bit of dip in income, how has your budgeting or money management strategies, has that changed? And if it did, like how? Even though he's the one earning the bulk of the money, I'm still the one managing all the money, which is great for me and great for him because he doesn't want to be the one kind of paying attention to the finances every day. So he's earning it and I'm putting it where it needs to go and watching where it's going all the time. So in that way, that has not changed. And as far as how we're kind of prioritizing the money, that has not really changed. Obviously, there's a little, there's 
not a little bit, there's quite a bit less coming in for like the fun extra stuff as far as my business income at the moment. But for all of the things that are the necessities, we're still covering. So obviously our mortgage and all of the utilities, all of those necessities are still covered. We made sure that when my husband got his current job that he was maxing out his 401k and we're building in our Roth IRA just into his take-home pay. So like that's part of the budget and then automating a couple other savings items as well. So that luckily hasn't had to change, but more when it comes to like, if we were going to be really bulking up for a big trip or maybe a big home improvement plan or something like that, that might take a little bit longer with me taking this cut in business income at the moment. But hopefully once I get things figured out and squared away, we can start being able to do that again. But as far as the day to day and the normal like future planning with retirement and things like that, that luckily hasn't had to change. Right. And I mean, throughout our conversation, it sounds like you and your husband are pretty much on the pulse about like where the money's going, how you're going to talk about it, expressing your boundaries and supporting each other. I'm wondering, has there been anything that has surprised you the most about managing money now that your parents? Hmm. Well, one thing that we did right leading up to when the baby was born was we started working with a new financial planner. And for us, that was because we wanted to make sure, obviously, we knew like for retirement, we were doing the right things. And with the budget, everything's always good every month. But we really wanted to make sure we were being as strategic as possible for just everything down the line. So even estate planning and tax planning and starting to save for our son, like if he decides to go to college, his college fund or other potential investments for him. But also just thinking about like, what are other future goals that we have? Like, I want to manage an investment property someday and have that be part of my career approach and like figuring out if those kinds of things are actually possible and how to juggle all of that at once. And so that was a big thing for us where it was like, let's bring somebody else in who can really help us just be as thoughtful and strategic as possible and look at that whole picture because we have this other person who's going to be relying on us. And we want to make sure that from the beginning of him being here, we're making all of the right decisions. So that was a big financial decision for us because obviously we're paying for this financial planner as well. But then, yeah, just having to be thoughtful about like what actually does make sense financially for him. Like what if he doesn't go to college? Does it make sense to be putting all of the money where we want to be putting away for him, does it make sense to put it in a 529 account or should we be putting it somewhere else too, just in case he doesn't actually go to college and we want him to actually still have money set aside for something else. So just thinking more about those kinds of things that we hadn't necessarily thought about in depth before, while still wanting to be as aggressive as possible with our own retirement so that our kids don't have to worry about us financially down the line, because that's something as both of us, as our parents are aging too, that have been on our minds as well. What's something that you're not willing to give up in terms of your career? I say this in the context of stereotypically, moms are almost, I think, expected, or there's underlying messages of us giving, giving, giving until there's almost none left. So in that context, is there anything you're not willing to give up? Yeah, I love that question. And I think you're totally right. There is that expectation no matter what, (laughs) that it's going to be the mom. 
I think for me, I'm not willing to give up some kind of identity outside of the family unit. So obviously, my family is very important to me. I'm happy to be a mom now. So like the family piece is very important to me, but I don't want that to be my only identity. I want to be able to make a name for myself and an impact outside of that. And I don't want that to go away. So even if I am dialing back with my business or figuring out what does the business actually look like, I would never want that to go away completely. Like even if maybe someday I was like, oh, I don't want to be a financial coach anymore, or I'm done in the personal finance realm, finding another way and another area to be making an impact and to feel like I have an identity where I'm really using my strengths and using my skills and impacting other people outside of the family unit. You can find Maggie at maggiegermano.com, her Money Circle podcast, and search for her name to check out her Forbes column. Next week, I distill some takeaways from our conversation, including navigating parenthood and your career. That's it for this episode. And thank you so much for listening in on Beyond the Dollar. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. It'll help share the mission of what we're trying to do around here, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Tag them on Instagram and one of my posts at Beyond the Dollar. Send them a link. Whatever you want to do to spread the mission of what we're doing around here. And if you feel that you have no clue how to get clear on what really lights you up, download my free enough number guide. You'll gain clarity around the number you need to reach a level of enoughness, which is my fancy way of saying what matters most to you in life. There's also a few worksheets on how to start putting money towards those things. To download the Enough Number Spending Guide, go to beyondthedollar.co slash enough. Thank you again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar. By the way, thank you to Donovan Durant for providing this awesome theme song.